Hi, I'm Lauren Burdett, and you're listening to Life as Spiritual Practice, a podcast where we explore ways to experience ordinary life as an avenue to connect with the divine. If you are feeling stuck in your spiritual journey, this might be the inspiration you've been looking for. If you've been listening to the show for a bit, you know that I'm a spiritual director and that one of the ways I listen is through silence. So there might be some pauses in the conversation today that feel awkward, but I invite you to meet those pauses as an invitation to notice what the conversation is stirring up in your own soul. I am delighted to introduce my conversation partner today, Stephanie Bell. Stephanie has over two decades of experience in youth camp, in youth campus, cross-cultural ministries, and retreat facilitation. As a part of her growing spiritual direction ministry, she provides individual and group spiritual direction and facilitates themed retreats using contemplative and creative practices. As a certified permaculturist and photographer, Stephanie also seeks to integrate natural and regenerative principles into her work. She is currently using her gifts of hospitality, spiritual discernment, and relationship building, both locally and globally, as an educator and mentor in spiritual disciplines and formation, contemplative spirituality, and missional creativity. Stephanie lives in Pittsburgh with her husband and their two boys. Along with her husband, Kevin, they have started offering retreats in Pittsburgh and on the island of Icaria in Greece. Stephanie, welcome. Thank you, Lauren. I'm excited to be with you this morning. I am so curious to learn from you about photography and your journey with that and how that has become a really significant spiritual practice in your life. So maybe tell us about kind of the start of that practice for you and when you started taking pictures. Sure. I would say it started probably when I was in high school. I guess when I was in high school, I um, really focused, our school focused on different concentrations and my concentration was in in the sciences Mm -hmm. and I wasn't really um, permitted with my, just my classes that I was taking to do art. And so I would, um, as soon as I could finish all my classwork, I would get permission to just go sit in the art room and watch my friends paint, watch them um, do photography and just um, just be present to what they were doing. I didn't probably, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was the start of noticing that I needed some other ways to still myself and be centered. And then when I went to college, I went to Messiah College, I had a semester where I could take a bunch of different courses outside of my um, educational tract. And I took a photography course my senior year with Dr. Forsythe, and that class changed my perspective, um, my spiritual perspective. It changed just how I saw myself. It changed... Um, the ways that I connected oh with my God. Gosh. Yeah, it was pretty a profound experience. Yeah. I almost changed my major to photography. 
Yeah, that's how um, profound this class was. Um, so I was even encouraged to switch my major by my professor. But part of the reason why I, used, I took it was because I realized um, there's something about photography that I wanted to add to what I was going to do um, in my future. I didn't know all the pieces to it yet. In that class, I wrote a paper about um, Allen Ginsberg, who is a beat poet, and really studied um, his photography and the way he um, captured the world. And he has this quote that I love that still um, sticks with me and becomes deeper in my life as the years have gone on. He said, that celestial snapshots in a sacred world by recording moments in eternity with a sense of sacramental mm. presence. And that spoke to me. What does that quote hold for you? That quote really holds um, this knowing that the world is sacred. Mm. That God created this world and that each person, each living thing in this world holds a sense of sacramental presence. Mm. And for me, as I continue to experience photography and listen um, to the ways that God is developing me in this spiritual practice, and the ways that I've been able to use it continue to, um, that quote continues to become deeper for me. I hear that you're seeing that, um, you're seeing more and more of the reality of that, of the fullness of, um, of God's expression of God's self in nature, in the world. Yes. I would say initially when I, um, so after college, when I um, went into campus in youth ministry, initially I used photography as a way of connecting with students, recording the moments of the events that we would do together, and as a way of just sharing the things we did. And then it became um, a way of offering a gift to students uh, and their families as we would, um, as they would ask me to take pictures for their weddings or their families would ask me to take pictures for events for them. And so it was a way to offer um, a gift, a way to offer something that can be really expensive, but also it gave me, um, allowed me to, allowed me to be present to them in really special times in their family mm. and to walk through that experience with them. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. So it was, um, oh, kind of a portal, right? Or it, um, yeah, it opened up these, the ability to connect in these, in these deep places. Exactly. It was a, it was a portal and it, it felt mm -hmm. like a, um, 
going to say like a space of hospitality. So Mm. hospitality for them, hospitality for me, but a way for us to listen together, what's going on in that space. Mm. So on a wedding day, it could be something which is a very meaningful and deep and emotional um, space for a lot of people. But there's other things going on deeper. Mm. And I just felt really honored and privileged. As you take pictures of the moments, sometimes you just see and notice those things coming up um, for people and their family and just a space to listen as I was just walking in this moment with them. I was just in a friend's wedding and I'm thinking now about, you know, the presence of the photographer and the moments that he was invited into that nobody else was present to, you know, and um, yeah. And I like, I really like that phrase hospitality and what a difference a, um, a calm and caring presence makes in those moments. And, and the gift of that, that is a gift to offer. And it's pretty amazing. I was just saying, it's pretty amazing how people would offer like their story in those moments. Hmm. Which is just an honor to, and privilege to continue to listen. Yeah. What kinds of things, and I don't mean like their specific stories, but um, Mm -hmm. in that listening, what were you hearing? Sometimes you hear um, about relationships with a mother and her daughter Mm. or the the person who's getting married and their family. You sometimes you hear the beautiful um, pieces of it. And sometimes those beautiful pieces, you hear the brokenness in the midst of it. Mm. You hear... um, Hear stories of courage. Mm. I mean, the obvious stories we hear are stories of celebration and mm. um, families uniting. And, you know, in the midst of the hard stories and the good stories, you get to hear, um, obviously, about the relationship between two people who are uniting mm. and just this piece is it sounds like a foundation of um, what's ahead of them and what they hope to lay the ground for in the coming years. And so, yeah, it is, um, it is a sacred space to be a part of and invited into. I'm really intrigued by that. Um, I think when I think of photography as a spiritual practice, I, I imagine it as a way of, um, I don't know, maybe like opening my eyes to, to nature or to the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it as also a, um, a, a tool for relationship, you know, and how, 
how it opens up that connection and that avenue of experiencing God's presence. Yeah, I um, I would say that most of my work um, or ministry um, at that time was photography was a way to connect with other people and definitely a way to see and know other people. I think there's something, um, well, I know there's something that you said, um, Christine Baltner's painter. Mm -hmm. She's a spiritual director and um, a woman who, who wrote several books on the spiritual life, but she, she wrote something about one of her books specifically as I was doing some of this work um, in this practice of contemplative spiritual photography. I read mm. her book, it's called Eyes of the Heart. Mm. And she, what she said um, really struck me. It kind of ties into what you were just talking about. She said, photography combines the active art of image receiving with the contemplative nature in openness of prayer. By attending to this process, we can deepen relationship with ourself, God, and the world around us. And for me, doing wedding photography really connected me with other people. I would say at that point in my life, photography, um, there it was all based in um, what photographers call people um, it was people-centered. So mm. I would take pictures at weddings, but of families, and my subject matter was always people. And besides that connection with other people and seeing the beauty and the light in them, it allowed me to see and get a glimpse into who God is mm. through how people were represented on a photograph. I would say as I um, went to um, school to learn to be a spiritual director and became a spiritual director, my photography experience, outlet, spiritual practice changed. Mm. And yeah. Tell me about that. So instead of, I, I, I noticed that I began to take less and less wedding photography gigs or less family photos. And not because I didn't enjoy it, I did. But I realized that I wanted to, I wanted to do some inner work you know, some inner, mm. I wanted some inner space with God. And I wondered what it would look like to take photos that were for me, in essence. I don't mm. know how else to say it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that before your photos, like, your subject was kind of handed to you, you know, and, and was in service of um, you know, in service of these other people and here is your subject. And there was 
you enjoyed like there was joy and creativity and connection there, right. but it's not the same, right? Um, as and so I decided to start um, as I met with my spiritual director. We went through different types of spiritual practices, from reading the Bible to doing Lectio Divina, the prayer of the examine. And I really started to resonate with Visio Divina. Can you describe what that is? Yeah. So Visio Divina is similar um, to that, um, to Lectio Divina, in that instead of reading the scripture and listening to the ways God is connecting to you through a passage in the Bible, basically what it is is reading an image or a piece of art and listening to the ways God is connecting to you through that image. And so what you would do is you would take a photograph or a picture and you would, it, it's a way of praying. So it's reading it from left to right as we do. And you would just start to look at the things that speak to you, things that pop out things that first drew you to the picture. It might be colors or it might be textures. Maybe there's something about the light or the darkness. And you just, you just be with that knowing. So unlike a reflection on your day or a reading something for a study, you're actually doing this in connection with God. So God is present with you and there's an awareness that this is a prayer. And so you're not just listening by yourself. You're listening um, to the ways the spirit is connecting to your heart as you look at this photo. So as you read it from left to right, you continue to just look at the details and you sit with it a little deeper. Maybe you notice something that wasn't there before. Maybe you notice something pops in your head, a story, or you feel an emotion when you look at it, when you look at a color of something, or you notice, maybe you notice a relationship in that picture, whether it is with an animal and a plant, or whether it's with people, but you would notice something. And you just continue to sit and see what, what the image holds for you. And as you continue to listen to God, and you, and you just see if God is inviting you into that image. Where might God place you in that image? Or where might God... Um, be, I guess, like I said before, where it's God inviting you um, as you notice where you're being placed. And then you sit with that and you continue to listen and ask God if there's anything that that might hold for you. Mm. And then you see if there's a space of prayer that you want to give back to God, a place where you might find thanksgiving 
where you might find that you need, you might need to ask God for something. And you offer that prayer. And then you take some time to sit and just listen and let God pray in you. And listen to what God has to say to you in the midst of this new learning. And then you close with thanksgiving. And so this prayer, doing Visio Divina with a, um, a photograph, for me specifically, has given me space to pause in my everyday. It's a deeply contemplative practice. Yes, and so it doesn't always, it doesn't happen every day. Sometimes the practice um, might happen. There might be a season and I sit with one image for a season. Mm. Or um, I find in the spring and summer and fall, I'm, it's easier for me to go and take pictures and sit with them and there is a lot of light. <laughs> and so part of my personality I've learned is um, I'm drawn to the light and I'm mm. drawn to what that space it has been. And I've found that the gloom of Pittsburgh winters um, <laughs> sometimes can be a struggle. Yeah. And um, just sitting with what all of that means um, in the midst of taking photos. And so different ways I've learned to do that in the past has either been to go outside and quickly take a photo and come back in and sit with it. And other times I've just really realized it's hard. I enjoy contrast in a photo. I enjoy vibrance in a photo. I'm drawn mm. to um, color and life and energy uh, when I sit with photos and learning what it means to sit with photos that are bleak, mm. are very um, monotone, mm -hmm. not much movement, and um, sitting with with all that that still can can hold and does hold for me as I sit with God and what's going on. I hear both that um, that engaging with the spiritual practice of photography in the winter in our very gloomy winters is that it's more challenging and that it opens up a way to be with that challenging season. I mean, loosens some of the, um, I don't know if resistance is the right word, loosens some of that, like, oh, I just want to get through this, or oh, I just wish winter was over. Um, kind of helps to slow down and say, okay, but I'm in it. So what might God be saying to me in it? That's a good question, Lauren. I think for me... Um... In this, especially in this season, as I look toward 
winter. And for me, um, in my life, there have been, um, the season of fall has been a mixed bag because I mm. could get, I personally can get caught up in winter being around the corner and the lack of sunshine and not desiring to be so much movement physically outside. The invitation for doing a spiritual practice where it pulls me outside, mm. it, it offers me space to walk and move and get out instead of being stuck inside. Yeah. Um, it offers me space to connect with God's um, creation in a different way than I typically would enjoy. Um, when you when you say all this, it brings up a time in my life, um, which obviously is very still present to me, um, when I had a miscarriage and... Um, it was a dark period in my life. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways um, that I connected with God was to get outside. And it was, uh, mm -hmm. it was in October. Um, and I can clearly remember um, walking up to our church, um, the open door. We have a farm up in Garfield called the Garfield Community Farm. And I would go up there to pray and I would sit outside of, we had a um, herb garden and it was just, it was a very special space for me. I would just sit outside of the garden and just pray. And every once in a while I would take a photo of something that struck me. Mm. Um, just to remember in those dark seasons, there are moments that aren't always so dark. And that space um, and what it offered me, coupled with the, um, the contemplative spiritual practice of doing photography, offered me um, creativity. Mm. Yeah. And I was, I just thought to myself, wow, this is pretty amazing to be on the outside of these plants. I long though, because of all that I'm going through and my desire to connect with God in a deep way, I longed for a hug from God and I didn't know what that like, I didn't know what that meant. And looking back, all I can, like, picture is that I noticed it because I desired to be inside of those, like, in the center of those plants, in the center of this herb garden. I was like, oh, what would it be like? What would it feel like if I could feel God's presence, his arms around me? And... I just wanted to be in the midst of that because the plants just offered me a sense of peace and healing that mm -hmm. 
I didn't know I needed or wanted at the time. But I just kept saying to myself, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I can go inside and just feel surrounded by these plants? And as I would continue to go up to the farm week after week, I said, I wonder how other, what other people feel about this space. Do other people come up here? Do they have a sense of um, this space offering them healing? Our, our church offered that garden to the community as a way for mothers to sit with their grief of losing um, their children to gun violence. Mm. And so it just felt so connected to the women mm. in that community. Mm -hmm. I lost my child in a different way, mm. but I felt that that land and that space offering so much to me and to our neighbors. And I just desired for it to be a space to offer more healing. And I can't explain what popped in my head or what or how I knew, except for that the constant spending time with God in that space um, gave me an idea to create a labyrinth up there. And it's um, I was given a grant through um, called Earth Monastery Project, Earth as a First Monastery Project, which is through um, Christine Falters Painters, Abbey of the Arts Ministry that she has. And the, the grant allowed us to build a sensory peace labyrinth up in Garfield. And that process of building it and working with my community um, was extremely healing for me. Mm. And it continues to offer me mm. space to connect with God. Mm. You know that that peace garden is um, one of my and my children's favorite places and but I didn't know the full origin story and I'm feeling that that grief and and the beauty that came out of it out of your out of your sitting and being and and naming that um like letting yourself name that desire to be in the plants and what a, I don't know. I, I think when we feel things like that, that are surprising, it can be easy to say, well, that's weird, you know, or kind of dismiss it, but you didn't, you listened and that labyrinth, that's exactly what it feels like. It, hmm. it feels like you're in the plants and it feels like a hug from God and Mm. what a gift what a gift that space is
what came out of your deep listening and and I'm thinking about how your how your photography and your your sitting and waiting and taking pictures here and there opened up space for this really surprising unfolding. Yes. The other um, the other thing that came out of this unfolding of continuing to go up there, up to the farm and take photos and spend time with God is having a deeper awareness of God's creation, really sitting with the sage herbs in the labyrinth and listening to what they offer they can offer us in this world and what we offer these plants, uh, listening to the wisdom that they offer us. I've, I've learned through a retreat I went on with Christine was that if we sit and listen, we might just hear the plants or the birds, the different creatures um, speaking to us and giving wisdom, just as a spiritual director would give. And that's really struck me mm. as I take photos. So sometimes when I do this spiritual practice, my starting point is a little different. So sometimes it's just going outside taking a photo and of anything there's no mm. um centering that happens prior to it the photo itself as i listen becomes the centering and then what i start now what i start doing um mm. is i center myself first and i listen to what god is sharing with me or inviting me to, or what he wants me to attend to. And then I go and sit, whether it's in the garden or in my backyard. And I take a photo. Um, sometimes that represents what's going on inside. And then I sit with it a little deeper as the weeks go on and continue continue to listen to what more there could be. So I, I love when I spend time, especially at Garfield Community Farm, because it's such, there's so much diversity there. I love what ends up happening mm. um, as a result is that there's this awe God's creation. I see new creatures that I've never seen before. And I've seen, uh, I love sharing these stories. I've seen um, this, what is it? It's like a bee that looks like a hummingbird, which is like, I never grew up seeing anything like that. And so in a world that there's, our earth is not being taken care of and in 
there's so much um, pollution and destruction mm -hmm. and things falling apart to get a glimpse where of restorative where land is being restored and to see different species coming back is pretty amazing and maybe that one was always there and i just happened to notice it because i paused and became still but i've heard that there are things coming back in that space that weren't there before we haven't been there for many many years so it's pretty exciting um to be witness to that mm. Stephanie, you said um, that listening, you know, I, I hear the awe and the witnessing of, um, of diversity and new life that you haven't seen. Um, what other wisdom, like what, what have you heard as you sit and listen to the sage? I think what I've heard is that I can give you different examples Generally, what I, the experience offers me is a way to hear what's going on in my heart. Mm -hmm. it, it allows me to restore or heal in my knowing of mm -hmm. God, in my knowing of the world. It, it awakens it awakens not just a response of what's going on inside, but what is happening in the world around me. Mm. And it allows me to see what my, my response is, um, not just an eternal response, but like a response mm. or an action in the world. So how am I going to, with this, how, how does it, not only like, I'm going to use Christian terms here. <laughs> How does it fill me? How does it um, mm -hmm. offer energy and life into me? But how does that energy and life get poured back out? Yeah, that it's, um, I'm seeing flow there, that it's not just that it's, you know, that creation is giving to you, but that it's inviting you then into into service, but into this, um, sounding like a deep centered, um, wise service. Yes. So I would say one of my favorite elements is the elements of water. And I can, I'm, as we're talking, I'm sitting with this image of a piece of the labyrinth that I took a picture of and it was a plant. Actually it was a, it was a grass in the labyrinth. So some grasses we want to keep in the labyrinth and some grasses we can take out. They don't need to be there. And this is probably one that didn't need to be there. <laughs> um, that I, sh that we plan to weed out, but I was doing an activity up there with the group and we were uh, blowing bubbles. And I took this picture of one of the bubbles sitting in this patch of grass. And I 
one just thought it was amazing how this patch of grass held this water this bubble and um i can sit with what that means with me and listen mm -hmm. to what god is offering me in that space and as i sit with water and um, continue to listen to what it means for me i realized that um, it is a gift that's been given to us. And in this generation and in this world, it's very rare to find clean water. There are many people who don't have it. And as I continue to sit with just that gift of having, as my heart continues to listen about um, water in the world, then I realize, wow, um, what does... What does it mean to offer back, to be grateful, to be thankful? I think of all the places in my life where water is important, from drinking to swimming in the ocean to offering a shower, the cleansing effect it has for, for us as humans, for the earth, it helps our plants grow. As I continue to sit with this element in my life, at some point, um, I just realized this call to protect water, to do, to, I, I felt um, compelled or nudged by the spirit to be an advocate for water. And so that's something my family and I, it's really dear to our hearts. Um, and that's one way I see the effects of doing this, um, doing this contemplative practice of photography, um, just how it's allowing me to pause and be still, but also allowing me to, um, I like the word you use, to serve and be an advocate and voice in this world. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And I think... Um so important to name because I think that's often a critique of contemplative practice or maybe something that we tell ourselves that keeps us from doing it is that it's selfish um, and that that naming of it that it does feel good it often does you know there's often consolation in it not always but it it doesn't stop there it Oh yeah, that it's relationship. Mm -hmm. And so it draws us into, into action, you know, into being an advocate. I hear Stephanie for you that, well, and I know because I've seen your pictures, you have, um, that there's talent around photography and there's, um, that there's giftedness alongside it. And, um, I'm curious if it was hard to shift, um, this question might be twofold. I'm curious if it was hard to shift it into a spiritual framework from um, maybe a sense of success or product is one question. Actually, let's, we'll stop there <laughs> and I'll then ask the next one. Sure. No, that's a good question. Um, I think initially um, the shift, I don't know if the shift was as clear as maybe mm. I came across. It wasn't um, 
I think it was very a slow shift. So the more I was doing wedding photography, I think the more and the more I was being asked to do it by others, I think my, no, I know, my heart was really um, grieving because it started to become, it started to become something just to do. <laughs> and although I love the confirmation that I'm hearing around or the affirmation around, yes, it's something that I was good at. It was definitely part of a business that I did. It was after a while it was becoming too much for me to keep up with because I, I really wanted it to be a part of who I was, if that makes sense. I wanted it to be mm. my voice, my vocation at some level. Um, so that space where your passion meets the world's needs. And I wanted mm -hmm. my, as Parker Palmer would say, um, to let my life speak. And one way to, I was learning, I learned to do that was through the photography. But there came some point where yeah. it was somebody else's voice. Like I was basically echoing their story in doing family and wedding photography. And so the shift for me to doing contemplative uh, photography mm. um, started to give me a space to allow mm. my voice to connect with mm. the spirit of God in a way that I couldn't before. I love that. It wasn't my voice and I wanted it to be my voice, my life you know, that was speaking through it. I definitely think I could connect with God by using somebody else's photography. Like if somebody took a picture and I sat with, sat with a photo and did Visio Divina. But I think what I really believe is that the more time I spent with God in this practice, the more I was feeling invited to offer to offer parts of me in that. Mm, that you can sit with other images and they can, they can be ways for God to speak. But the invitation was to, um, to bring in parts of your own life. Mm -hmm. I, I could imagine if I was a listener that I, um, I might feel like, oh, that sounds really great, but I don't know anything about taking good pictures. What would you say? To <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, I think the first part of doing any type of art or um, that is around contemplative, um, a contemplative spiritual practice mm. is to... I, I would just suggest taking a deep breath and centering yourself mm. realizing it's really about process and not about a, um, a product. So like wedding photography or a photography that you would do for a client, 
you don't need to have an end result. You don't have to mm. offer them something in the end, right? Um, it doesn't have to be the perfect picture. And so I would just always, um, I, I guess I would suggest like, what does it mean just to go outside and just snap something? It doesn't have to be mm. the right um, lighting. It doesn't have to be the right, there's no right way when you're, when you're doing this, you take a picture sometimes. Um, and this is what my professor in college always said. Sometimes like you might be like, Oh my gosh, I made a total mistake in this photo. <sighs> the part I wanted blurry is not the part that's blurry or the part that I wanted in focus is, is not in focus, mm. but to see what beauty can come out of those moments or what story can be told. Um, with what you did take because I truly believe it is a prayer and a connection with God mm. the divine that brings us deeper and the photo mm. is a way for us to pause and sit yeah. as I sit a way mm. for us to pause and just mm. come to know ourselves and the spirit yeah. So that's what I would say. I, I would say, I always say to people when we do, um, when we do any practice that's a, around art is to don't, don't judge yourself or if we're doing it in a group, let's not compare because it's not about the product. Mm, that's very freeing. Thank you. I think we're nearing the end of our conversation but is there anything that you didn't get to share about that you wanted to? Sure. I think this kind of goes along with your last question. I would say um, my, my family, we, we enjoy doing artistic things together. And I have a four-year-old and a 13-year-old. And one of the practices, this is one of the practices we've done together as a family. Mm. And both of my sons have enjoyed taking pictures. And there was one Lent season where we, for 40 days, we each took one picture a day in relation to something we were either reading or if we um, didn't have time to go through the reading, just what was going on in our heart. And we made a compilation compiled all the photos together um, wow. to tell the story of our family throughout that season. <sighs> and so, as you can imagine, a four-year-old, their photos, you never know, right? And everyone is in a different place. And so um, the technical side of it, I would just say that in this process, that's not really what is important. The other thing... Um, that I've loved about um, this contemplative practice is that as I meet with people in spiritual direction, sometimes it's hard for us, um, and when I meet with my spiritual director, to find language or words to put to what's going on in our hearts. And I've encouraged some people that I've met with to, to bring their photos into a session and it's been a great space to um, 
to learn to understand their connection with God mm. and to start to give language as we listen. And my final thought, which Lauren, I am just really grateful for this space with you. Mm. My final thought is something that you wrote in your book, uh, your recent book, This Life That Is Ours. Mm. Um, you wrote this section called Mystery of Becoming. And it really struck me because I feel like my journey with photography as a spiritual um, contemplative practice really resonates with this quote. We're always learning more and becoming more of who we are. We find our identity as mother and woman and image bearer of the divine is slowly and continually brought into light. I feel like um, this piece of me as a photographer is just that, continually becoming. And I'm learning more about who I am and who God is through this experience and this spiritual practice. Thank you. Oh, you can't see me, but I have the biggest grin. <laughs> Thank you. That's so... Um... I'm so touched and and I see that and I, I love oh I love that framing of photography as as a way of living into the unfolding of our becoming. And yeah. And I love that idea of inviting your family into it. That's that's really that's a really powerful idea. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you for exploring with us today. You can learn more about Stephanie at philoxenialife.com. And there's a link to that in the show notes, as well as links to other resources that we mentioned. I hope that today's conversation inspires you to play with spiritual practices in your own life and maybe to go outside and listen for what image might be might be asking to be photographed. If you do, I'd love to hear about it. You can reach me at my website, laurenburdett.com. If you've enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast via whatever podcast app you're using that helps other listeners to find us. Finally, our music is by the band This Side of Eve, and you can find all of their music at thissideoftheeve.bandcamp.com. I'll be back in a couple weeks with a new conversation. Thanks again.